say, do you guys ever hear people say like, you know, whether they're speaking of themselves or someone else, like, man, I am on fire for Christ? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. We had a bunch of yeahs. <laughs> I guess that was someone talking to someone else or not you talking to you. Uh, no, no. But um, you, you ever felt like that or you even say those words or so-and-so brought a sister is on fire, you know? Um, I just, just think about the phrase right now. I mean, just think about it for a moment. Where does that even come from? Um, two weeks ago, when we were in the previous chapter before this, I, I brought to your attention that much of the Christian life, the Bible uses language to speak of it as, does anyone remember that element? Water. Like flowing rivers, flowing waters, you know, pour in, pour out. That was the message two weeks ago. Um, one of the language that the Bible uses, though, to speak of the Christian life is also fire. It is a fire. It, it's a, uh, the word of, your word is a lamp to our, my feet, a light. You are the light of the world. Did not our hearts burn within us when he opened to us the scriptures? Jeremiah says, your word is in my heart like a fire. Indeed, I can't hold it in. Matthew, you'll be, yes. Yeah, just going to go there. Beautiful. That's right, a refiner's fire, right? And Peter even goes on to elaborate and say, like, uh, of a refiner's fire that refines your faith, right? And so this whole concept of, like, you know, when I'm on fire, like, I've heard that growing up, you know, when I was, like, younger and stuff, and um, we would, you, you hear about, oh, so-and-so is doing this ministry, so-and-so is leading worship here, and, man, they're just on fire for Christ. And, you know, I, I never really thought of it much, except I just had this picture of passion. It just, it's like, wow, let's do, yeah. You know, Jesus freaks, woo, you know, and that's it. Um, I think tonight's text is such a great picture of what it truly is to be on fire. Paul and the saints are on fire for Christ. This Ephesus is going to be on fire to where they literally burn the books and the things that was hindering them in Christ. Like, to be on fire for Christ. Like, I hope tonight to redeem that, that phrase if it had any fluffy, lame, unbiblical meaning. It does not merely mean to just be riled up and emotional. To be on fire for Christ is to have the light of the gospel truly lit within you. So much so that when, someone, when the light of Christ really is shining really is shining like when light shines in darkness darkness flees don't you see that the more the word of god flows into this town what's starting to get cast out demons evil sickness and all that junk is being done away with the word of god is like a fire so as we walk through this and study it my prayer has been lord set us on fire as we study the Word of God, and a real fire, a fire that causes you and I to go home and slay our sin, burn it, sanctified in this fire. That's the type of fire that we're going to see. We're going to also see, like I mentioned in observation time, there's a, there's a picture of what it truly does to be on fire for Christ, and then there's a picture of what it means to not be on fire, uh, a fake fire. Uh, that's not how you shine the light. Actually, that's, that's um, yeah, fake fire. All right, the seven sons of Sceva. And, and then what we're going to see is what happens when the light of the gospel truly does shine 
we're going to start to see certain things that happen. And we'll, we'll assess ourselves. And the question we'll ponder this evening together as individual followers of Christ and as a church is not, not merely are we on fire, but has the light of Christ, has the light of the gospel of Christ really shined on you? See, an awakening is souls who are sleeping and dead, and now <gasps> they're alive. When you go to sleep, you don't want to turn on the what? But when it's time to wake up, the sun rises. An awakening is a light shining. We want awakening at New Uwanu. Don't you want awakening? And you don't want it to be a fake, false appearing awakening real deal so that's what we're going to see tonight an awakening in ephesus and pray and beg god to do an awakening in our souls let's go verse 11 and god go slow first word is big and this is in conjunction with what was happening prior to this just anybody two years of what Bible study, teaching inside the hall, possibly up to five hours a day. Extraordinary ministry of the word was happening. And now God was doing extraordinary miracles. You see that? By the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs, how's that one? And aprons that touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their Diseases left them and the evil spirits came out. Okay, so the and is big because this is in conjunction with an extraordinary outpour of the word of God. Don't isolate the two episodes. See, extraordinary miracles that God is doing. Luke notes that. This is not Paul. God is doing these extraordinary miracles. Extraordinary miracles are confirming the extraordinary message. You see that? That's why the spirit's moving in the way it's moving. This, is just a, this isn't, isn't just a random outpour, just like Pentecost. It wasn't just a random outpour and people spoke in tongues. That's not just a random thing the Spirit of God is doing. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. He is confirming and affirming these are true apostles. So listen up to what they're telling you. Listen up to what Paul's been preaching to you, all the residents of Asia, for two years straight. Okay, you've been hearing him. Maybe you've still been sleeping. And you don't believe that he's speaking of the risen Savior. Okay, this is what I'm going to do because I love you and in grace. I'm going to extraordinary miracles by his hands. The aprons and the handkerchiefs he touches. Boom. So the first thing we see. I see your handkerchief. Extraordinary miracles. Confirming an extraordinary message. What is the message? The light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, when you and I read of miracles in the New Testament, it ought to do way more than just wow you. I mean, think about it. That's pretty dope, right? A, an apron, a handkerchief, touched him. And then it touched someone with cancer or leprosy or broken legs, and they're healed. I mean, you can marvel at that. You ought to. That's really dope. But the miracle is not meant to give you just oohs and ahs. What the miracle is meant to do is give you and I way more confidence in this book in our hands. Why? Because the messengers, the apostles, note that Luke says God's doing it by the hands of Paul. Why he never do it by the hands of Billy? 
or brought Abu over there? Why Paul? What's the deal with Paul? It's not just because he's the main character of our story. Because in seven of his letters, he says, I am Paul, an apostle of Christ. You see that? You see what the Spirit is doing with these miracles. It's confirming and validating the authoritativeness of this messenger and its message. The apostles have a peculiar calling. They are the spokesmen of Christ. They are going to speak out the word of God. That's why the New Testament is inspired. It is inerrant. It is the word of God. And so what God does is he accompanies these spokesmen with miracles. 1 Corinthians 12.12, you write that down. Because that is what Paul says. He says, by these signs, you have pretty much validated our apostleship. Why that's so important before I want to just run along is what, what, what Luke is trying to help Theophilus see when we see the miracles is that the Bible in front of you, in your hands, it's legit. It really is light of the world. You really want this light, Ephesus. Theophilus, you really want this light. Reader here at Nu'uanu, what you have in your hands, it really is the word of God, and it is light, true light. That's what we ought to realize when we read of the miracles. It ought to make you be like, oh my gosh, this is real. The word of God is really the word of God. So these extraordinary miracles are confirming the extraordinary message. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, I'll just read it for you. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you to the utmost patience with signs and wonders and mighty works. Mark 16, it says the Lord worked with them and confirmed their message. How? By accompanying signs. Understand miracles in the Bible in its context and what the Spirit of God is doing. I read miracles now and I get so jazzed because it's so wild and cool and then I realize, man, the Bible I got is so alive. It is so light. It is a sword. And I can't believe I have it. That's what miracles ought to do for us. These extraordinary miracles confirms that we have an extraordinary message, guys. So let your light so shine. Set us on fire, Lord, is our prayer. You can trust the Bible not merely because these miraculous stuff by the apostles, but you can trust the Bible because the one who authorized these apostles died and rose again. Is the greatest miracle ever to behold. Trust the word of a dead man who came back to life. Just think about that. I'll trust the word of a dead man who came back from the grave. So this is the real light. This is the light we need. Okay, let's, let's move on. Verse 13. So then, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you, this is the invocation, right? I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. That's what they said. And then the seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them. I wonder if they were shocked that they got an answer. Because you got to imagine all these people are getting healed. All the aprons and stuff is getting passed around. And, um, and then the evil spirit answers them. 
I'm just imagining, like, if they were, because I got to just think about the seven sons. Like, what were they thinking? What were they hoping to get out of it? I mean, are they just trying to bandwagon what's happening and just hope that no one catches it? Like, just kind of catch part of the flame and in the name of Jesus that Paul was preaching, and they're pe- seeing people healed, and they're saying, come on out, come on out, in hopes that perhaps people would look at them and be like, wow, look at these seven brothers, sons of Sceva, they're legit. And then the Spirit answered, Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize. But who are you? What a burst in the bubble for them, huh? In verse 16, and the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on him, mastered him, overpowered them, and they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Local people would say, brothers got cracks. They got lickings, dirties, big time. I mean, look how much words Luke wants to use. Leap, master, overpower. I mean, those are all three different words, but it's pretty much painting the picture that's obvious. They got it. Now, let's go through this slowly, though. Let's look at these seven sons of Sceva, because what I hope for us to see is that these seven sons of Sceva, they had an appearance of godliness, right? They had an appearance of godliness, but no power. Guys, this is not how to shine Christ. But if we're, if we, if we're honest with ourselves, I think sometimes we have or we're tempted to shine like this. We shine, pretend shine. We act like salt, and we act like light when we're supposed to be it. So look, let's see. First, they were itinerant. Christian brought that up. They were wanderers, strollers, opposed to being, I think Luke is trying to contrast. Paul wasn't itinerant for itinerant's sake. If he could, he stayed put. He was a person that was ready to invest, put his roots in, give himself to the people. Not these bros. They were thinking, let's go get some nice video camera footage of us, Casting out some demons, maybe we'll sign some signatures and just kind of put our name out there and then let's move on to the next town. Paul uses the same Greek word in his letter to Timothy when he's talking about, hey, Timothy, um, pastor these young women who they got passions and stuff and they, you know, they're unstable widows. They're, they're going to go hopping house to house. They're, that's the, and they're going to go house to house. That's the word itinerant. They're just wandering around. That's these boys. They're just strolling about house to house, looking for a place to shine. And then it says they're exorcists. Now, this is interesting about these guys because I know Christian was picking at them a little. But I think Luke is really trying to expose how unlegit their ministry is. I mean, if they're sons of a high priest, if he really was a high priest, exorcism, that they're leaving the traditions of Judaism. See, in the day, what the Hebrews were now doing, I think, and these guys, and we saw earlier in Acts chapter 8, there was a Simon, right? Simon the magician. And he, this was all businessy. He asked, he's like, okay, I got some money. Um, if I give you some money, can I get the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you guys are doing? So already there's this kind of vibe going around that if people can kind of just um, have these Hebrew incantations and kind of tap into this maybe business thread of appearing like spiritual exorcists. That's what's happening here. You got to see this is fake fire. This is not how to shine the light of Christ. Because look at, listen to what they're saying. They're saying the right name. And they're even trying to get, endorse themselves with Paul. Now think. I think to myself this is an example of nominal Christianity. Or nominal 
Christian ministries. Nominal means by name. When it says they invoke the name, ono, onomo, onoma, in the Greek, it's they're just trying to say the name. Now stop and pause and think, because I wonder, I wonder, for those of us who are shining the light, I mean, come on, think about it. Are we just invoking the name of the Lord? Are we just pretending? Maybe these guys had some good intentions in there. It, it's hard. The more I read into it, it's hard for me to give them that benefit of the doubt. I think they really were trying to just look all taunted on in the spiritual camp. But guys, we just must pause and look within and ask ourselves, are we posers with this? You know, Jesus said, you are salt. You are light. Not you should act like salt. Go act like light. You will be my witnesses, Acts chapter 1. Pause and think, because what Paul and the boys were doing is they were Christians. This stuff was really burning within them. And when they preached Christ, it was true. These boys, these seven sons, they just wanted to look like. When we pray, are we just invoking the name? When we pray with each other, when you pray, when you minister to people, when we're, I pray, and I, and I was really convicted by this, and I was really asking the Lord, don't let New Orleans Baptist Church be a nominal Christian ministry. Meaning, we have an appearance of godliness. We read, you, you, oh, wow, you, since you've been coming to New Orleans, you, 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 you talk more Christian-y. You look more Christian-y. You sound more Christian-y. The kingdom of God does not consist of talk but power. That's 1 Corinthians 4.20. I don't want pretend. If this, if Christian ministry is all about just appearing godly and invoking a name and getting some pats on the back, but there's no real change, there's no real power at work within us transforming our lives, I don't want anything to do with this. If it ain't real, if the light is not truly light that's going to cause the darkness in my heart and my soul, and my city, and my home, flee, then I'm out. If that's what Christianity is. Because that's what these boys were making Christianity to be. Do you see it? And that's why even the spirits were like, and they almost testified to us, Jesus is true. You know, school. I know Jesus. He's the king of light. He's the king. James says, the demons shudder at the name of Christ. I wonder what the spiritual realm would say of us. I wonder what the spiritual realm would say of Chris. Jesus is Lord. Paul, I recognize him. Yeah, he's preaching the true gospel. Chris, I wonder. If the demons were scrolling online and came to such and such Christian ministry, online it might appear like, wow, shining, shining, Look at all the likes. Look at all the followers. Look at all the masses of whatever. But I wonder if an evil spirit would look at that and be like, what is that? What would Christ say of us? You know, in Matthew 7, 21, it says this. Many will say, Lord, Lord. Many will invoke the name. Many will say, Lord, Lord, did I not do this? Did I not do that? Many Christian ministries will say, we did all this stuff. Look at all these results. Look at all the baptisms we've done. 
We have the, we have, we can be tempted to think that in our church. Look at all that we've done. Look at all that we're doing. And if it's not legit, if it's not true, if it's just an appearance, guys, if we're just putting on a show here, pretending, if Christ's light has not truly shined and is not truly shining from our pulpits and our churches, Christ will say at the end of seven, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I don't know you. Just like the demon said, who are you? You and I may be talked highly online. Your, your friend circles might look at you and me, you're on fire. Oh, you never drink for so long. You's on fire, cuz. Or, you know, you go, Christian, you go to church like twice a week. You're on fire. Those might be fruits of true fire, but the question is, is it truly fire? Because we're going to read on and see what, what the result of true fire is. But look at these seven sons before we move on. They had an appearance. Romans 10, 2. I bear, I bear them witness. They have zeal for God but not according to knowledge. 2 Timothy 3.5, they have an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. We can have zeal. We can have appearance. We can even sound godly, yet have no power of God whatsoever shining within us. It's possible. The scriptures are telling us this is possible. Don't fake it. I'm begging you, don't fake it if you're faking it. If you're trying to even pretend to be zealous, you're singing songs to Christ, and you're just trying to manifest emotions out so, so people think you're, you're moved. Let's not do that. I confess I've done that. When I was in uh, youth group here at this church, oh, there have been times. I'd be up in the corner room jamming my guitar 15 minutes before youth group because that's when I knew all the, the friends and the girls was going to come in. And then they'd come in and see Chris in the corner, Jesus <laughs> Lama, I did stuff like that. I'm confessing. I'm divulging. Because even as a young believer, these things were within me. The temptation to pretend. The struggle to pray and do righteous acts before others that I might be seen. This is what the holy fire must burn away. Let's not pretend. You are the light of the world, church. You are the salt of the earth. You have the Spirit of Christ abiding in you. The gospel is a great light. Let it shine. And let it be true and real. And I'm telling you, even if we think we can deceive people, you cannot punk God. Everything that is hidden will be uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give an account. You don't want to fake it thinking you're going to make it. When at the end of your life, when that cold sweat hits your brow and you breathe your last, and then you're before the King of Kings, the light, Christ, what will you say then? We can't fake this. We cannot fake this. The seven sons of Sceva serve us this evening as a great example, a bad example of what it is not to shine, the light of Christ. This is how we are not to shine. And we'll see as we read on what ends up happening after the town sees this licking go on. And now they're not the seven sons of Sceva. Um, Alistair Begg says it's the seven um, 
the, the seven sons of streaking or something, or seven streaking sons. Or something. That's what, I don't know, sorry. But anyway, um, after the town witnessed this, just like, oh my gosh, these demons overpowered them. That's not legit. What we're going to see happen now is fear. Fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. And we're going to see that this awakening is really coming into this town. And I praise God that even when there's nominal fake Christian ministries, even if we've participated in fake Christianity, this does not thwart God's plan. If anything, this is how great our God is. He's going to take these bad shiners and use it for greater good. God has used many nominal, fluffy, pretend Christian ministries that I've witnessed, I've participated in, I've even been influenced by, and I see that thing come tumbling down with flames, and, it, and I praise God because what it did was struck fear into my heart. Fear first that I could be that, and then the next fear is like, oh my gosh, this is real. This is real. So we read on. So the seven sons had an appearance of godliness, but no power. That's not how to shine. Verse 17, this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, right? I think Luke is bookending here. He's using language that he used earlier. All the residents of Asia heard the word. Now all the residents of Ephesus are seeing the word live, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. Phobos, fear. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and the Holy One. You heard the word of the Lord, all you residents. You're not awake yet? Okay, handkerchiefs and aprons, healing people. You, you awake yet? Okay, these phony guys are going to come to town. I'm going to let a demon give them lickings. Now the town is awake. <laughs> you see that? What will it take to wake us up, Lord? What's it going to take? I've had many awaking moments in my life, and I knew what it took. Painful, but I'm awake now. Now we're going to see what happens when true light shines. When the light of Christ shines, look at the first thing. There's a fear of the Lord. A fear. It fell upon them. Epipto. Epipto phobos. It's a, it's a dread. It's a terror. They're horrified. Because they, they, they didn't really think this was real. Now it's real. Judgment is real. The sin that they're under, the rebellion they're under, this God is real. And it's falling on them. It's rushing on them. It's pressing. Oh, do you know this fear? If you're living in sin this evening, whether it's dark magics or dark websites or dark practices, gossip, slander, bitterness, whatever it is, the darkness that's within you, if you're living in it, you relish in it, the pleasure, the entertainment, whatever, the lust, it's who you are, it's what you want, then you are still under the wrath of Almighty God. But there's a light that I have to share, a light in that darkness. You have a Christ, you have a King who in love sacrificed Himself 
perfect sinless perfection. This is Easter on the cross. He bled and died. He didn't stay dead. Three days later, triumphed in victory. He lives to this day. He has ascended. He is alive. He is still calling you. Come out of darkness. Please, get out of there. Take my righteousness upon you. Be free. Come into the light. Expose, expose. And the fear pressed in on them. And then look what happens when true light is shining. What name is lifted up? The name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Extolled. The Lord was magnified. I love that God used this lame, nominal, powerless Christian ministry, brought it to shreds, and in that town now there's a fear. There's a real awakening happening. They're listening up. They're hearing now. Okay, wait, wait Paul. Um, I, okay, I know I came to most of the lectures, but I kind of was sleeping. Um, but what, what does that mean again? What, how do I get saved? What, what's going on? There's an awakening happening. Isn't it tr- so true? You listen up when you're a little bit, there's, there's a fear. There's an attentiveness. Don't miss this. This is important. That fear alerts us. It quickens us. And that's what's flooding this town. And let's read on to close this. Look at what happens. This is when true light is shining Many of those who are now believers, and I love that my sister pointed that out, these are believers still. They're in process. They're, they're, they're being sanctified. Came, and they were confessing. When the true light shines, there's confession. You don't keep it in. You're, you're done with pretending. I love it when I'm sitting with a brother and sister, and they're just done with acting. This is, this is what I've done. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm at. I'm, I'm done with it. I need to be free. I need help. 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins to God, and he is faithful and just to forgive. How can he forgive you? Christ, the blood of Christ. Do you get it? Do you see it? Is the light flickering? Is it turning on? So they came and they started confessing, and they divulged. They were divulging what my sister did earlier. They're reporting, they're acknowledging, but before men, this is not a public This is not a private confession, just them and God. They're now so bold and so over it that they're just coming out. I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, and I'm done with it. And then more people in the town. This is an awakening. Coming and just being. 1 John 1, 9 does say, yes, confess your sins to God, and you must, and we must, and I must do that. But then in James, it also says, confess your sins to one another and pray that you would be healed. Oh, it's so awesome what's happening in this Ephesian town. And I pray it happens in our church. I pray it keeps happening. I do confess my sins to God, and I do have spaces in my week, in my month, that I have brothers that I will divulge myself to. They're divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books. They're not done yet. Confession is not enough. They've got to do something. They're going home. They're rummaging their stuff, throwing all the stuff in the boxes, coming out there, and they're burning the books now in the sight of all divulging. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? We should do that. It's amazing. Just boom. Get this. And I like that they didn't go down to Ephesus, use bookstore, and be like, okay, I got all these books. Can I sell these here? No, they're like, no, we're going to burn this stuff because this stuff does not belong in our city. No more. It's not real. It's not satisfying. It's fake. It's deceiving. It's got to go. They're on fire. I remember... As a young believer walking with the Lord, back in the day I had a drawer with all my CDs, 
all my burnt CDs, all my underground music, you know, not the mainstream stuff. And I remember with my friends, and my friends weren't Christians, but I remember I was so convicted by it, and I was so like, I can't love the Lord my God with all my mind if I'm listening to all this profanity and, and, and all these songs that talk about sex, drugs, and all this kind of stuff. And, and so I had my buddy, we busted out our boombox, put the boombox right there on my bed. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to give you CD after CD. I'm going to put it in. You're going to put it in. And um, if I hear anything kind of bad, like a, a cuss word or, or the lyrics is kind of getting raunchy or whatever, I just want you, and his, his name is Micah. Uh, Micah, he, he played football. He's just kind of one of those, like, you know, like, Micah, you know, ah. I was like, just take the CD out, snap it. Don't, don't, don't give me a chance. Just take the CD out and snap it. And he's like, oh, yeah, for real. I was like, yeah, just snap it, okay? Please just do this with me, please. Hurry. And so we're going CD after CD, CD after CD. And I was like, okay, that one, tack. Ah, oh, that one, tack. Ah, oh. and then that one, wait, wait. Oh, I love my slow jams. What? Just get rid of it, tack, you know? And he's going, and we filled my whole trash can in my bedroom. My parents don't know this, but we were doing this at home. And then, but you know what was crazy? Snapping all those CDs. It was so painful. Just like I'm imagining the burning of these books. Luke notes how valuable it was in the eyes of the world. Someone could have been like, why are you wasting so much money? See, what's happening in this Ephesian town is an awakening. It's a light. It's a burning that's so real that these Christians, these new believers, they're having new desires. They're new creatures. If any man be in Christ, behold, the old is passed away. The new has come. Even though it was painful for me, I loved it every time I heard a CD snap. Because for some strange reason, that's not my jam anymore. I can't enjoy that song. I can't blast that in my car on the way to school and be like, yeah, because it's not who I am anymore. It needs to be burned away. And that's one of many things the Spirit of God had to burn away in this sinful heart. But i just imagining the, the freedom, the liberation that this town came. They're burning all these books, all these things they once clung to and they love because they, they don't love it anymore. Why? Have, they have a greater love. A newer, truer light. See, when the light of the gospel of Christ is truly shining in your soul, you have new affections, new desires, your heart beats for this stuff. You love Christ. You hate your sin. Yeah, it's a journey. Look, the believers are coming confessing. It's a sanctification process. But when it comes down to it, that sin that you're messing with, that you're holding on to, you can't let go, deep down, that's not who you are. And he who began a good work in you, I'm confident he will carry you on to completion. Burn it all away. Let it go and cling to Christ. It's a beautiful picture. When the light shines in the darkness and there's true belief, true confession, and true repentance. You see, the seven sons of Sceva had no, they had no plans for that kind of stuff. They just wanted to appear godly. But see, what Paul, what the gospel of Christ, what the Spirit of God is doing is at work what he wants is true transformation. Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but you be transformed by the renewal of your minds. That's why when it closes the episode, it says, and the word of God increased and prevailed mightily. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
and insight of the Holy One. See, when the word goes in, the world comes out. Brother, sister, plunge yourself into the word of God. Let the light of the gospel, the word of God, burn bright. Did not our hearts burn within us when he opened to us the scriptures? Luke 24. Has Christ shined in your heart? Is he shining? Do you want him to shine? Then let me close in reminder in Ephesians 5, right? Ephesians 5, let's turn there. Let's close and you read it with your own eyeballs. Ephesians 5. If you want the true light of the gospel of Christ to shine on you and in you, listen and pray and beg for God to help you obey. We'll start at verse 8. For at one time you were darkness but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness instead expose them for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What an awakening in this Ephesian town. Souls being healed, and physical sickness and disease, and a true cleansing, and a true coming to Christ. Do you know the joy? Do you know what joy it is to live in the light? It's way better than what your flesh thinks it is. Our flesh is so afraid. Like, just, just hide, stay in the shade. Let's just keep living shady. Let's stay lukewarm. Oh, to be in the light. You sleep good at night when you live in the light, you know. There's no running. There's no hiding. Come into the light. Come to Christ. I want to encourage you. Practically, I challenge do you have cultivated in your lifestyle an opportunity where you confess your sins to God? This is what your morning times ought to be. My devos or my quiet times or whatever you want to talk, call them, so much of it is filled with confession. I come to God and the, the filthiness of who I am and how I feel. and uh, Work that into your life, guys. Sunday morning when we have that time of confession, the prayer of confession, don't take that time lightly. It's an encouraging time. It's like we're all doing it together. We're all divulging. If you, if you and I could only hear the prayers that are being going up in that time, we'd be really encouraged because you know you're not alone. It's, a, it's an opportunity of us to burn the books. 
But you know, go farther than that. That's, that's there to, it, it's a planned time of confession. And have, do you have that in your life? Cultivate that in your life. Do you, have a, do you have a time in your life where you divulge? Meaning you confess to other believers. And this is not just kind of vomiting, okay? You're not just trying to find a friend, phone a friend to just blurt your heart, merely. You're, you're, you're sharing, you're opening up because you know I need prayer we need to help carry me to Christ. Do you have that? I have um, a group of men I meet with once a month. And then I have some other men that I meet with weekly that we, we, we tackle scripture together. But part of that time is where we're divulging and we're getting prayer because this heart needs prayer. Do we have these things in our lives? And as you do that, as you empty yourself of all those things, fill yourself with the scripture. I love recently this past month, people have been asking, I don't, you know, and then just been really honest and humble. Like, I really don't, I, I want to learn how to read my Bible better. Can you help? I love that. And that's happening everywhere in the church. We're all in this together. We're all in the same boat. And we all have the same Savior, same light, same gospel. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, shine on us now. If there be any souls that are still in darkness, please, Lord, please, King Jesus, shine, illuminate, open the eyes of our hearts to the Scripture and who Jesus is and why we 